Welcome back to our fourth episode and um, we've been talking about missional activities and being missional uh, last time we got together and uh, you know we, we were going to be talking a little bit about mission, being missional in the mundane but uh, I just wanted to ask Peter to remind us of that progression if you like you know right back when we first started um, these podcasts you know a good you know 20 minutes ago <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, you know beginning with Christ and then being sent and you know being church and uh, Peter had spoken about, you spoke about um, Mark 3 and the, pro, the progress or the, the, the way Jesus approached engaging with people and sending them. Well, we know that in the Gospels, specifically Matthew, Mark and Luke, <clears throat> there's shorthand for discipleship is the word to him. So, you know, in Matthew 17, it says Jesus called uh, the disciples to him. Yeah. That means... Take note, something's about to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's not calling us to a program. He's not calling us to a methodology. He's not calling us to a structure. He's not calling us to a system. He's calling us to himself, himself yeah. as a person. And so in Mark 3, from verse 13 onwards, he, he calls them to him. And then there's three things. Firstly, that we might be with him. And that's the foundation for everything. Secondly, he says that they might be set to, uh, to be sent out. And then thirdly, it says, and to have authority to cast out demons. When we're sent, we're, we're, we're sent within a sphere. That's what Paul talks about in the second half of 2 Corinthians 10. Now, I'm not sent to Syria. Yeah. Uh, I've got to be honest, and I'm sorry if this offends anyone, I haven't spent a lot of time praying for Syria lately. Uh, I pray for world and world situations. I pray for wisdom for leaders. But I don't know if anyone over there has spent a lot of time praying for Adelaide, for Starfish Oz, for the wider works in Starfish Oz, for Grant and Yuki in Japan, mm -hmm. for SJ and Esther in South Korea, for the people in Vietnam that I'll be visiting later this year, mm. for the people in Walla Walla, New South Wales, the people in Brisbane, or the people in Mount Torrens. Yeah. Uh, I pray for them. Because they're part of my sphere. Yeah. Uh, every day, uh, not every day I pray for them, but every day I pray for Julie, uh, my children, my grandchildren, mm. uh, because they're part of my sphere. Yeah. So I'm sent to them. It just occurs to me that if, hopefully I don't disrupt your train of thought here too much, but you know, if we outsourced the prayer for your family to someone else... It seems quite an unusual thing to do, doesn't it? What you I'm actually place... doing is robbing them of their sentness. Yeah. So a lady rang me the other day from Melbourne, a lady I journey with, uh, tragically lost her husband a year ago. Now their daughter has type 1 diabetes. And she said, um, I, want to, I want to go for a full healing. <clears throat> and so I shared with her for about 10 or 15 minutes on the phone, maybe longer, that she has authority into her daughter's life as a mother. Mm -hmm. In other words, she has keys, yeah. and these keys can lock and unlock. She asked me right at the end if I would join a number of others praying for her daughter. I said, I will, but with one proviso. You are part of my world. You have been part of Julie's and my world for some time. Uh, I will pray for you every day leading up to Christmas. Specifically, I will pray for you that you have an understanding of and awareness of the high privilege of your calling and the simple nature of the authority you've been given and that with sensitivity 
love, grace, boldness and courage, you will know what to pray for and how to pray for your daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So her daughter is not in my primary sphere, yeah. but she's in her mother's primary sphere. So this whole thing about authority, Jesus gives them authority to cast out demons. Authority is different than power. Uh, you and I are going to go up to a mate's farm soon, and on that farm is a Land Cruiser. That Land Cruiser's got a V8 engine. It's a four-wheel drive. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I send you up there and say, Craig, um, you go up there, there's a Land Rover with power, it's absolutely no good to you because, firstly, you've got no authority to be on that place, and you don't know where the keys are. Mm-hmm. But the owner of that farm has given me authority over that farm. Mm-hmm. He's given me the keys to the ute, he's given the land cruiser, he's given me the keys to the gate, he's given me uh, a chainsaw, you know, foolish man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so uh, that, that ute may have power, but I can access it because I've got authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've got authority in Mount Torrens. How do I exercise that authority? And, and by the way, I've got authority because I live here. Yeah. Not because, not because I have a quiet time, not because uh, I did seminary, not because I uh, do anything, but because I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we did when we moved in is we, um, we started praying around the town. In fact, Easter Sunday one morning, I was going for a run. Uh, don't try this in Adelaide, uh, Ricky Lambert. Uh, I know you're fit, but uh, you can try it in Adelaide if you want. I started my run on Easter Sunday morning and I just got the sense, wouldn't it be neat to go up every street and just declare that Jesus Christ is Lord? Now, you can do that in Mount Torrens. Uh, maybe in the area where you live, you can do it up your street and the neighbour street. So just where I ran, I didn't yell it out loud, but I just, with great joy, said, yeah, this is fantastic. I declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over Tuck Street. Mm-hmm. He has risen from the dead and I cast out any... Uh, any, any spirit that will say otherwise mm-hmm. from this place. Now, that's one way of exercising authority. Uh, another, another thing about exercising authority is that all authority that is exercised uh, is exercised through service. Yeah. So the number one way of exercising authority is actually by washing feet. Yeah. So we see in John chapter 13, and, and Joppo, uh, it was you that first uh, alluded me to this verse. It says there, and Jesus... Knowing where he had come from and where he was going, took off his outer robe, put on a towel and began to wash his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. So he was so secure in his identity. Where had he come from? The Father. Yeah. Where was he going? To the Father. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the world thought of him. It doesn't matter what anyone else thought of him. He knew whose he was and he knew who he was. So he knew to whom he had been sent, yeah. and it didn't matter what the father asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could do it because he was secure in his identity. Yeah. So any authority that we have to lock and to unlock comes out of being with Jesus and knowing our identity and being intimate with him. And so we know when to pray something and when do we don't. And if we don't know, we ask him and he will show us. So what, what does that practically mean, having authority? It means that we will be servants, we will respond to the opportunities to serve in our area, and we will also know that, uh, that where, wherever our feet go, there goes Jesus Christ. You know, humility is not thinking... What's that statement? Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, it's thinking of ourselves less. Humility is, is having an appropriate perspective 
of the reality of who we are. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So who am I? I am a son of the Most High God. He is my father. Jesus is my king, and through his death and resurrection, he holds the keys to Hades, to this world, to every single world. Because I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, Christ died as me, Christ now lives through me, he lives through me because he's given me keys, so where my feet walk, Christ's feet walk. When I go to the post office later on to pick up some wine, for my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. You don't buy wine at the post office, uh, Alex. That's just where it gets delivered. So don't go down to the Clare post office and say, where's my wine? Uh, but uh, when I go down there, I'm actually leaving the aroma of Christ there. I love it in, uh, in John chapter 12, where Judas is doing the religious thing and going, man, this perfume must have cost a lot of money. We could, we could do a missional project with it. And Jesus goes, hey, Hey, what she's going to be, what, what she's done will be told about for generations to come. And then there's that little, little quip and it says, and the house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Mm-hmm. So people should know that I've been in Mount Torrens, not because I walk up and down the street going, oh, evil spirits, you know, get out in the name of it. No, because they smell Jesus. So it's a bit, a bit of a both end because, you know, I, Absolutely. I, I interpret things from the perspective of I go from site to site. I'm working amongst the blue collar trades and I, and I love it. Uh, and I'm thinking of people like Brett Copeland and Wall and, and Mark Hennessy and Gav Schubert. And, you know, to, 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 to go with authority into those spaces where, you know, Wall will be on his knees tiling a house by, you know, by himself for the next couple of months. Big house, a lot of tiles. What does that actually look like for him being missional? Does he have to have mission at the forefront of his mind does he have to think about it does he have or you know we've got mal on another on another um case going away for a time and and anticipating something he knows on his that's on his heart but in the end as a tiler you've got to make sure that you get things straight and square and you've got to you've got to cast your energies towards exerting the skill of tiling and pray unceasingly and all the bits and pieces that we can throw into the mix it's not all of that because i am Going as Christ. Exactly. And so that takes the pressure off us to be thinking about anything specific. So when Wall goes into a house to tile, he's actually been given authority to be in the house. In other words, if the the owner comes and finds me there, he's going to go, what are you doing there? I go, oh, I'm Starfish Oz. He goes, oh, I don't give a rat's who you are, mate. Get out or I'm going to call the police. But he turns up and Wall's there. He goes, oh, how's the job going? So Wall's got authority to be there. And... I think the number one thing I talk about when I talk about authority is, is with authority, serve, with authority, love, but above all, with authority, bless. Yeah, yeah. I've yet to, uh, I've, well, I can't say no one, but very few people, when I say, can, can I leave a blessing or can I bless you, uh, will say no. But the fact that Waller's in that house is actually a blessing to that house because yeah. he's going to do a good job. When Brett Copeland goes to Jiprock, uh, he can just say... I, with the authority that I've uh, been given in this house, I leave a blessing of Jesus. Yeah, and it's now us blokes get pretty earthy, and we talk about the aroma that we leave if we, uh, you know, visit, yeah, yeah, yeah. visit the small room. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but the, on 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 a non-funny note, there is there is the aroma of Jesus that we leave simply by having been there. Yeah. Whether we get to engage with someone Overt, about that overtly. verbally or overtly, yeah. uh, yes, it matters, and we would love that opportunity, and we'd love to be ready for it when it comes. But that's not the whole point. And we don't feel disappointed when we get home and go, there was no opportunity to overtly proclaim Christ. The proclamation of Christ today was me applying myself and working. I was working for the Lord, even though 
the client has asked me to do this particular job and that aroma of being his sent one there is all that he asks of me. Maybe you can uh, interview Kriegi about this separately <clears throat> one day, but Robin once sprayed someone's crop with the wrong thing. Now, I'm sorry yeah. to put that over the air. Uh, <laughs> that mistake gave him the opportunity to make a phone call, to apologise, to seek to make restitution that began a relationship where he was able to not only bless the bloke but pray for him, which saw him end up in a reconciled relationship with his father, which he then rang Robin about either Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Thank God for mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not about us being perfect. It's about us carrying uh, the authority of Jesus in a non-authoritarian way yeah. by releasing love and blessing and servant hearts wherever we go. Look, um, next episode we want to talk about uh, entering enemy territory. And, you know, I hadn't anticipated talking about this, but uh, when I was talking to Adrian Robin, Robin actually said, you know, we, we, we actually got to recognize that we're going into the space where the enemy has a hold. And uh, what does that look like? Um, so join us next time um, as we talk about that.